Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. things that are cruel can we talk about how the fact that for the past like 10 days the only brain worms that have been in my Mm. head has just been bing bong (laughs) um (laughs) listen just every day that tiktok trend is funny but i also what's funnier to me as someone who lived in new york for many years is the people that are born and bred new york like from new york are now sometimes in a meme way, but sometimes in a very serious way, are being like, you cannot bing bong if you are not from New York. Whoa, <laughs> like that is the territory. It's, it's truly they're they're claiming it, and I respect it absolutely. But it's very fucking funny to me. That's um, beautiful. It does bring me great joy. Yeah. But it is unfortunate that like as I go to sleep at night, I'm not counting sheep. I'm counting <laughs> all bing bongs. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's the first genuine laugh you've had on this show for five years you know, I just, it's, no it's not that it was genuine in the way that the other, others aren't genuine it's that i was caught off guard in a way i've not been in a long time because you know we know each other that's true we do share a brain cell we have a rapport we have a, a singular brain cell so i usually know what to expect <laughs> And your goofs and gaps, that one really threw me for a loop and I appreciate it. Why? Because it wasn't a fear. You fucking got you. (laughs) Something that brought me joy. Yeah, it wasn't like trauma based or something. (laughs) Or like something about your bad bones. Or like. (laughs) Listen, sometimes you just gotta lay in bed at 7 30 at night, covered by a weighted blanket, and count your bing bongs. Absolutely. Covered in so many crystals. Yeah. (laughs) And just count your bing bongs. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> What's up? We're here. Hello. Um, welcome to Into the Twilight, where we talk about cryptids and fucked up relationship dynamics. And Bing Bong. And, <laughs> and my futile attempt after five plus years to mm. try to get a genuine laugh from yeah. Cody instead of one from pity. Yeah. Yeah. You did it. Congrats. Thank you. Everyone give Ellie a round of applause in the comments. Thank you so Sound much. off. <laughs> It is a coveted spot on my bingo board. I will finally get to pick out a prize, a la Chuck E. Cheese. Get a sad Dave & Buster's, like, (laughs) coupon or whatever. I get get a very small plastic army man. Yeah. That has been there for so long. Um, How are you? I'm doing good. I am tired, as you know, because this is the first week of a new job. Hello. Welcome to business we're both we're both business babes i don't want to like flex too hard but we are both business babes tm my happy thing is somewhat related i'm currently recording from a home office i hear an echo and i love it you it sounds your office sounds spacious things are different here it's mostly because there's not a lot of furniture in here but this is a different space a different energy i'm bringing to because i have a full room for the first time in my life that's just Wild. for work. After working from home 
for many years now. It's exciting to like have a space that's not like a corner of my bedroom that has like a tiny shitty Wayfair desk that I built by myself. <sighs> Started from the bottom. Right. Quite From recording in a closet. Literally in my closet. To- <laughs> like if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that so much fit <laughs> was me in my tiny, multiple tiny ass closets over the course of this period of many moves and stuff with actual clothes and shit being tossed about and actually being picked up probably by the fucking microphone. <laughs> but we're here. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, man. I'm fucking living. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm living the dream, but I'm living something. Yeah, we are alive, <laughs> um, which is good to hear. I, yeah, I'm living something. I am deep in the thick of it as far as the Christmas creep. Sure. The Christmas creep is coming. Absolutely. It's here. Um, and I feel like more than in years past when we have had this podcast, Christmas is my personal favorite holiday. Right. Uh, just because there's so much anticipation. Yeah. And I love I love that. Yes. The uh, drama. I love a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I love a holiday that you can celebrate for 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do love that. But I feel like more than even last year, I've tried to be mm, like more more decorative, like more sure. intentional about decorating and shit than last year, just because it's like, ooh, this is the second one right. inside. <laughs> yeah. And to try and like combat any of those bad feelings and just like, you know, sads. Yeah. Seasonal sads. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I did want to bring my happy thing to the space, which is not just even a seasonal favorite, but a, a lifelong favorite. Um, which is Twinkle Lights. Ooh, yes. The well-known mm. combat <laughs> against seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, sad does not exist with Twinkle nope. Lights. Because <laughs> That is it's what beautiful. I choose to believe. Yes, and I think you're right. <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> when, like, 3.30 comes around and I'm able to look around my home and it's like sure it's dark outside but you know what that does is it really makes those twinkle lights pop but now we got some little sparkly shining moments here it's all sparkly it's all feels warm and ambient yeah and it just makes me think like damn i wish there was a way to have twinkle lights up all year round that didn't make my room look like a 12 year old yeah you know right (laughs) god damn they make me so happy yeah but yeah that's where i'm at it's just like damn i forget every year one how bad sads just like really kicks my ass and then also how much all of the alternatives to big light really help the immediate serotonin from mood lights (laughs) of any capacity is i completely phenomenal yeah we have a very odd little lunchable platter of current events. Yeah, I, I would say a Lunchable is a fitting thing because it's not a charcuterie because none of these are particularly high class in any way. No. <laughs> but they are yeah. functioned. They are trying to be. And it is a, a variety pack, one could say. I would almost, I feel like even Lunchable is giving it too much credit. Might be I too almost much. feel like it's. <laughs> I feel like it's a, a public school mm. lunch plate yeah. of just stuff that's like been slopped It's on. like, hey, this is what we got this week, so. You better work together on this plate, and you better like it. Absolutely. My first piece of news that I'm bringing to the space is about puppies. Yeah. Specifically, which 
we don't often talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because it's not relevant. <laughs> but I wish it was. <laughs> yeah. This is a piece from News. And it's not spelled the way you might think. Mm, nope. <laughs> I would argue in any possible way that you might think. Yeah. But this was a piece written by Richard Horgan. And the title is <laughs> Twilight Movies Cast Large Shadow Over 2021 Top Puppy Names. Yeah. Now, this is less of an article so much as it's just summarizing some information. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I do appreciate Richard's hard work here. So... (laughs) We have um, to stand, you know, the dedication. Yeah, I... I, It must have been, you know, in someone's world, a slow news week. There are two places that some folks might be familiar with if Mm. you have pets of any sort or dogs Um, in particular one is puppy spot and the other is rover now (laughs) apparently at the end of each year these places gather their information and they say all right folks rather than what you might be familiar with of the top baby names of the year here are the top dog names of the year we Mm. got this info for you all the hot goss yes and according to puppy spot bella was (laughs) their client's top preferred name in 2021 for female puppies twilight renaissance she's coming she's here she's here we are impacting culture on a wide scale love this love all this info yeah. Um, and it does seem that Rover has some similar data as well. Mm. So, you know, if you ever just needed to be aware of how the Twilight Renaissance is impacting us all. Yeah. It's, it's got the dogs too, folks. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. If I was not mistaken, you have quite a bit of Dakota Johnson news for us. I do. I believe it was today and the day that we're recording in which the lineup for the Sundance Film Festival was revealed. This is why we do Thursdays now, folks. This is why we do Thursdays. They can't catch us off guard. (laughs) We're not going to get zagged by these fucking press junkets and shit. We're here. We're ready. Yep. We're ready for you. Out of that lineup, there are two movies starring Miss Dakota Johnson that I would like to talk about. One of which might be, I think, more important of note because it is uh, gay, I would assume. Um, And it's called Am I Okay? Directed by my favorite celebrity couple, Tignataro and Stephanie Owen, starring Dakota Johnson and uh, someone named uh, Sonoya Mizuno, in which they are like besties and one's moving and one of them's like telling a secret, assumingly being a queer thing, a queer relationship (laughs) flowing. And I am very excited because Dakota Johnson objectively should be gay but it's not and that's okay that's her right that's her right whatever (laughs) it's wrong but okay she chose to be straight and we have to respect her (laughs) she chose to pick the straightest man chris martin and that's fine (sighs) whatever we gotta bleep his name out right we got listen we choose our battles we pick our battles and that's okay but it looks very good um, and then another one is uh, literally called Cha Cha Real Smooth, which seems not real, but it is real. <laughs> but it is exciting because it's, uh, I believe, written, directed, and starred by this guy named Cooper Rafe, who's like really good, but it's like about him. He's starring in it with Mystica Johnson. Um, and he's allegedly like a party starter kind of guy for like bar and bat mitzvahs and also oh, comes into yes. like a relationship with 
a mother and her daughter kind of vibe. Like it's exciting. I like to see Miss Dakota do some cool different stuff. And this seems very fun. Both of them seem very good. This is amazing. I'm very excited for both of these. They're yeah. two completely different energies. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's like pretty excited. soon. So hopefully we'll see like reviews or reactions and stuff to that in the next month or so. I'm hoping that we get some reviews soon. Yeah. That sounds very exciting. Our last piece here, <laughs> just a brief little mention here. Sure. We don't need to get too yeah. deep in the Just a mention, you know. But I feel like it, we would be remiss not to mention it. Um, when we are recording this, the the Game Awards are happening. TM, TM, TM. Right. <laughs> and one of the many wild games that were mentioned <laughs> was, of course, Star Wars Eclipse. Mm. Now, friends. Lawsuit incoming. Stephanie Meyer's lawyers are typing right now. Just the fact that they had... That George Lucas himself right. was like, <laughs> just typed into Google Eclipse. Yeah. And saw the trademarks and was like, mm, I can <sighs> find Stephanie. Like, it'll be fine. Yeah. Just two fucking titans going against each other. And you know that this has to hurt her because she loves sci fi so much. Right. It's truly a, like an inner battle kind of thing. Yeah. You know? That like she's you know they they always say like never meet your heroes and this is when she's gonna meet George Lucas is in court right. being like I this is mine yeah this is my IP George okay. George I invented sir? the word eclipse and you should respect that okay I watched the trailer for this and I I was very excited because it does look pretty albeit that it seems like it's very like prequel based sure which is wild. I'm saying I say prequel and then I immediately start yawning because that's how I feel about them. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a lot of like drum based imagery in the trailer, mm. uh, which got me very excited because I was like, damn, are you going to learn how to play the drums in this? Because that would be hilarious to me if like it wasn't a Star Wars game. It was just it's like, like a rhythm game. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Like I would love her, but yeah. um, it's just set in that universe. Just the girlies on TikTok doing like VR sets, like playing drums <laughs> and shit to Star Wars. Like the fucking um... Jar Jar Binks is just like in the crowd, like yes, <laughs> yeah. No, that would be my ideal situation. But then they it like started and ended with the with the actual eclipse, and I was like, oh, Stephanie's gonna fucking yeah, <laughs> she's gonna lose her mind because that's her. That's so her idea. It's all like, she has. It's all she. It's, has. it's literally. All she has. She's holding on with her fucking white knuckles, yeah. being like, I, "I need this so bad." I hope, low key, <laughs> that something happens, just because I'd love to see it. <laughs> Could you imagine though? If They're like, both so petty. What I if though it. there was, in the same way that Stephanie Meyer does, like her cameos in the Twilight movies, like very Stop. low key. What if George Lucas is like? What if we just add a little bit of a like a, a CGI version of Stephanie Meyer at the bar turning around? If she was at what is it? Is it in fucking like Tatooine? If she yeah. was at the bar drinking right. the like blue Gatorade, I would, I would disappear. I wanted I would, so bad. My bones would leave my body. If if they weren't cowards, if Disney TM was not full of cowards, <laughs> they would do it. The problem is, is like one. I would disintegrate yes. because I wouldn't know how to handle it. And second of all, it would that would be the only meme I would care about for the rest of my life. That's it. That's all you need. We can stop memes. Like we can just have that one. We can have we can have virtual Stephanie Meyer in in the throngs of a bar in Star no, Wars. No, actually, 
And this that's is all I care about. Yeah. Because you know that she would go to court and she'd be like, <laughs> you owe me three bajillion dollars. Like, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like fucking what's his face from Austin Powers, right? Like, yeah. With her pinky to her face, like three bajillion dollars. Right. And George Lucas is like, absolutely eat my ass. Right. And she's like, or <laughs> you can CGI me into this video like, game. I can just drop all this now if you just put me in your video game. And that's all I need. And then Stephanie Meyer would be in the Star Wars cinematic universe. Which <laughs> he who should not be named is also in the cinematic universe. Stop. Don't, <laughs> Don't do this. Honestly, Cody, I, I'm not. This is going to haunt my nightmares. If Stephanie, that's the only way that this can possibly res- be resolved is if she is in this video game. She's the final boss. And I think that's how we get world peace, ultimately. I think that will solve the wars. <laughs> the if Newtons. She, if, I think we'd all be good. I think okay. No joke. If Stephanie and George Lucas, I don't know why I'm afraid. I can't not say his full name. <laughs> um, We're not on a first name <laughs> basis with George <laughs> Stephanie and George Michael Lucas, um, <laughs> if they teamed up, like, mm-hmm. if they weren't raw enemies and if they teamed up, we might, like, be rid of billionaires. Yeah, I think Jeff Bezos would just turn to dust, you know? <laughs> like, I think... <laughs> like, if Elon Musk already has that haircut and they're still <laughs> enemies, imagine what happens if they become this, like, power couple. Right. Much to think about. I need to get my red straight. I have... <laughs> I need to get a big whiteboard. Shark Tank? Sharks, hear me out. <laughs> I need to brainstorm some stuff out. <laughs> oh, we have a backstory Ugh. that was emailed to us. Thank God. Would you do me the honor of reading this? Absolutely. I love a raw email read. I love this. <laughs> I love just being thrown into the trenches. I love it. Okay. <laughs> this is from Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. My name's Elizabeth. I've been a listener since about October of 2020. I'm still in episode uh, 211, but hope to catch up completely soon. In these episodes I've listened to recently, you've encouraged your listeners to tell their Twilight stories. Well, I don't think mine is very interesting. I'm procrastinating writing a final paper. <laughs> so I'll instead tell you about the hilarity of showing my fiancé the Twilight Saga for the first time when he was home from Okinawa, which he volunteered to watch unprompted. Whoa. That's very good. The first couple of movies were fairly uneventful, other than Tim pausing the movies every three to four minutes to ask questions or give a theory. I hope Tim is your fiancé. Otherwise, yeah, just this got a random interloper. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> Elizabeth, what's going on? My favorite of which being that Carlyle is secretly running a sex cult, and that and that's why he's so good at being around blood. Whoa. My fiancé explains that, this, and this is a direct quote, there are only so many pleasures you can experience as a vampire because you can't eat human food or sleep. So the only remaining joys would be blood, which they only drink animal blood, which is stated to not be as satisfying as human blood and sex. Okay, Elizabeth, pause. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Is Whoa. Tim okay? First of all, is Tim okay? Are Second you all, okay? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Third, whoa, how is your memory so good that you can remember a direct quote that's like three sentences long? Yeah, that's honestly, that's a girl boss move if I've ever seen. Um, Holy shit. I'd love to hear it. Continue, Elizabeth. Uh He also explains that Edward is clearly excluded because he isn't officially married into the cult until he marries Bella, explaining why he is so grumpy before. Well, I'm sure that's a difficult sell. He's pretty convinced. 
My other favorite bit comes from breaking down part one. While explaining how he's trying to distract Bella, I referred to it as the no sex on your honeymoon montage, and it stuck. There's also, of course, the no sex on your honeymoon pose, not to be confused, of course, referring to the scene where Kristen is attempting to seduce Rob in her pajamas, lying on the stomach with her butt in the air, while (laughs) pretending to be asleep. You know, as you do. As you do, and we all remember. Then Rob covers her with the sheet. Overall, the entire experience brought me great joy and new inside jokes I've now shared with you guys. Very respectfully, Elizabeth. I die a little bit every time you guys say Taylor Browntown Lautner, braver than the Marines. I'm in the Navy as a hospital <laughs> corpsman, and I know quite a few Marines. I can confirm having your fanfiction run on a podcast is significantly braver. So Okay, so Elizabeth, first yeah. of all, whoa. <laughs> so much to unpack here. First of all, I know what a corpsman is. Mm. What the fuck is a hospital corpsman? Yeah. What do you do? What do, you do? Mm. I don't. Do I need to know? I'm afraid if I Google it, they'll be like, join the Navy. And I'll be like, no. Right, yeah. It's, you're going to you threaten me on Xbox and tell me to don't. join the Navy and the Marines. You don't want me. Um, and also, you don't need me. Yeah. Um, second of all, that's cool. Very cool. And also, I'm sure, very validating to Taylor Brown Town who is, by all yeah. accounts, legitimately and like <laughs> affirmatively braver than the Marines. We have an actual person in the Navy. In the Navy. Confirming that. So I think yeah. that's that's gospel. That's that's the gospel truth right there. Yeah, Taylor, I feel like you would... That's like resume material right there. Yeah, so. absolutely. At least a, a Twitter bio, you know. <laughs> yeah. If not your resume, your professional resume. Yeah. Elizabeth, this is very helpful information for a lot of different reasons. Second of all, Tim... If that is your fiance, if not, I'm very curious about who, if it's a ghost, very curious. If it's a name, I have, I'm very curious about who this Tim is. Mm. (laughs) Your experiences with them watching Twilight is amazing. So good. Thank you for that. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Wow. When we last discussed Frostbite, the book, not the condition. Right. (laughs) It would clarify, you know. We were like. Let's spend six months talking about frostbite, the condition. Yeah, we're a medical podcast now. So. We are, which we are entirely qualified. Absolutely. To talk about. The last things that I remember were, in order, obviously, a sexy rule-breaking snowball fight. Yes. And a town hall meeting where everyone got mad at Tasha. Yeah. And that's basically where we start off this first chapter, chapter 13, Great. in which they're like, she's a witch, you know, kind of vibe of like, <laughs> burn her at the stake. Like the way that Rose describes it too is very interesting because they're like, they told her she was crazy. They told her she was wrong. <laughs> like, they, told her, they said that like she was foolish to even think about like fighting the Strigoi with magic or like not with guardians. <laughs> like they thought she was nuts, you know, like it's such a beautiful intro to this chaotic scene of which we're in yeah it's um very dramatic it's It's also the starting to feel like this fixation on tasha rose Mm. isn't just jealousy at this point i mean so you know rose just think about that be honest that maybe you're misplacing your lust for Dimitri on Dimitri's quote-unquote lover. 
you know, or maybe or can or, those. or you know, or both. A little, you know, a little, a little throuple situation. I just hurt feel like, nobody. <laughs> I just feel like Rose sees someone who's chaotic and loud yes. and in a position of power, mm-hmm. and is like, "Yeah, that's hot, actually." Yeah, it's like actually <laughs> I do respect it, and I think that is something I do love intimately (laughs) Um, but not in a gay way not not in a gay gay way way. which is why i love so much that dimitri is like get out yeah Yeah. i gotta go yeah (laughs) it's like this is already too much um you should just get out of here you're just gonna keep fighting and they're like okay and mason's like you you go i'm gonna like check some shit out and rose like whatever i don't care about you (laughs) okay gonna go i'm gonna think about dimitri for a hot second about like how it's been i'm still having all these feelings and also i have feelings for mason but like not real feelings but like i don't know what to do what's going on mason's like a child in comparison and also i care so much about tasha and i want her to feel vindicated for her truth you know know when you're 17 and you just have so many fucking feelings you You don't know what to do with thoughts you know, you had <laughs> thoughts as a teenager. God, it's <laughs> an overwhelming amount of feelings. You know, just when when everything just felt the most. Yeah, God, I do think that uh, for Roche does a good job of like depicting that too. I think even I ma- maybe in a way better than uh, Miss Stephanie Meyer did, like Damn. with Bella. You know, like I think there's this overwhelming sense to Rose's constant like minutia of overwhelming emotions and like teen emotions specifically that feels like very authentic in a way that's not yeah. like you're being silly or you're being unreasonable or whatever like they feel genuine and like come from a place of actually even though they are teenage emotions whatever but they still come from a place that's like yeah absolutely you know i completely agree i think that when it the difference between the two of them i think is obviously like trauma yes fully um, i see bella when she had like capital b big emotions yes um <laughs> yeah. it was always like my when i think about bella's perspective there it's like i'm having these big emotions but because of my trauma other people's experiences and feelings mm-hmm. come first yes and because that's like how she was raised right whereas with rose her mom has always been out of the picture. Her dad's always been out of the picture. Right. And she had to raise herself, very similarly to Bella, but... And she does have to take care of other people, too. Mm. Um, but I think that in a different way, she has... Rose has to keep herself alive. Right. And that's always um, a foremost, like, uh, priority, right? Where it's just, like, making sure she's alive so that Liz is alive or that and everyone else in her vicinity can be good you know there's that like mm-hmm. preservationist thing that we also see from Lisa to some extent but like Rose has this obviously like more duty I suppose of like higher power thinking of making right. sure that like she's only making sure that she's good so that everyone else is good not for herself <laughs> yeah. ever you know which comes well, clear think- <laughs> too in this like Dimitri situation well and for Roche as she's very often mentioned throughout the last book and halfway into this one Rose doesn't have the um, ability to be a wallflower the way that Bella did. No. Right? Bella was ordinary, yeah. right? She was supposed to represent the shit. reader. <laughs> and Rose way. is 
is doesn't look anything like all of the other people around her. Right. Yeah. Right. She's got boobs. Right. She's <laughs> like, got great and tits. <laughs> um, and also, everyone around her is supposed to be like meek and do magic and she's the one out here like kicking out like right. she doesn't Actually have the ability fighting. yeah mm-hmm. she doesn't have the ability to like stand back she has to be authoritative yeah. like and be in the front lines more than anyone else does you know and i think that is where those two characters in particular differ in how they mentally process their emotions yeah which i think is makes reading this a lot more interesting and feel mm-hmm. like a whatever a normal person is right right totally and i think why a lot of people when they were younger didn't like reading from bella's perspective is because it feels like an adult (laughs) right (laughs) yes um and and it makes sense when you read it now because trauma um and rose makes sense and feels like a a teenager but also because trauma right from different uh perspectives in that way right yeah they're processing it differently yeah uh, which makes sense when she's standing in front of Dimitri. <laughs> right. They have this little conversation of her being like, shouldn't you protect Tasha? Isn't she your girl? And he's like, you know what? Isn't she your gal? Isn't she your gal? And he's like, first of all, where the fuck did you hear that? Like, We haven't spoken in like about? five days. Yeah, we're not even, you? what are you talking about right now, Rose? And she's like, well, I have my sources. I know that you're like kind of thinking about being... <laughs> Lover slash guardian besties, whatever, together, you know. And he puts the most cutting line of like, what happens between her and me is none of your business. And it's like, Dimitri, sir. And immediately Rose is like, in the like self-preservationist way of being like, well, I'm sure you guys are going to be so happy together. Like, you're the same. Like, she's your type and she's old and like... (laughs) You know, you're going to be great together and you don't even like me. So fuck you, you know. Yeah, just immediately you can feel her put her walls back up. Right. And it's just like, God damn it. You two are annoying. Yeah. And Demetria too being like, every time you talk to me, you just prove how like much of a baby you are. And it's like, oh. can we just stop this? <laughs> Oh, and she even says too, like, that was worse than when my mom punched me in the face. Physically in the face. Assaulted me. (laughs) My own mother. And that was worse. That stung. That cut deeper. Yeah. Than that. And then we got our boy Adrian back. Adrian's here. Nothing like Adrian to cut the tension. Nothing like Adrian just cut the ice, you know, just like break it up. Just a slimy little dude. Just a slimy little guy smoking a little cigarette, you know, doing his (laughs) damn thing. And she's like, you know what? Fuck yeah. This guy has bad vibes and I love it because that's going to make everyone mad at me. And that's what I want right now, especially Dimitri. So fuck it, you know? And this is exactly what we were talking about before. Absolutely. Like, right. Like, it's give all... Give us the jealousy. Right. The rage, just like the, ooh, the, the tension building up, you know? And Dimitri, or, uh, Adrian keeps pulling, being like, you know, you're not into older guys? I heard you were talking about how you're not into older guys with Dimitri. And she's like, you're imagining things. You're full of shit. Uh, so, I don't know what she thought you heard, but whatever, you know? <laughs> And he's like, well, what if we go swimming? 
what if we do a cool little sexy swim? And she's like, what? You know. (laughs) There were many, many of our close friends, allies, royal people that got slaughtered a day ago. Right. And you want to go to a hot tub or whatever? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, all right, bet. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he even had the audacity to be like, actually, I feel like this is the perfect time to go. Like, actually, I think there's no better time <laughs> to go and chill in a hot tub with our closest friends. And then Christian and Lissa and Mason all kind of roll up. And with Mia and Eddie kind of roll up being like, what the fuck's going on here? And they're like, and <laughs> Rose is like, well, uh, Adrian so kindly invited all of us to go <laughs> swimming with him, not just me. So how about we do this together? We need to get our mind off of things, you know? Let's just go. Just totally not awkward. Not awkward. Not an awkward or uncomfortable group at all. No. For this I think to all great vibes, everyone here, are all on great terms with each other <laughs> across yeah. the board. <laughs> and the part that Adrian did a poor job of explaining, mostly mm. because of the fact that he is already drunk. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that this swimming that he is referring to is not, you know, like, you want to play mermaids? Um, right. There's no Marco is, Polo, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is going to the basement of the Vampire Ski Resort where they have a special spa of the, like, mountains hot springs there. Yeah. It's, like, fucking fancy as shit where they're serving mm-hmm. food that Rose has never seen before. Out Like, alcoholic drinks that only taste like fruit. V dangerous. Yes. And these people are just, like, soaking. They're not swimming. No. And the way they describe it, too, is so funny because it literally just feels like a vampire soup, you know? <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, molten hot jacuzzi water. Like, it's a full sp- hot spring situation down there. And they're all just, like, being, hey, let's just get drunk. We're all minors for the most part. And we're just going to drink these fruity-ass drinks and just vibe, you know? There was a part, too, where... And I I don't know if it's because Rose has never been in a hot spring or was just, sh- like, shook by it. But she even said, too, like, it was so hot I felt like I was in a soup kettle. Yes. Yep. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. I'd rather not. Yeah, no, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> this is all bad. Yeah. It's every, it's like, um, like every like reality TV show moment where all the whole gang that doesn't really like each other comes together and has to unleash just like all Bay's. of their shit. It's just like Tampa Bay. It's just like real housewives <laughs> in a way, one could say, um, of people just like picking out their own little dramas. Like, cause Liz is like, oh, I thought you didn't know Adrian, but yeah. your his arm was around you when we came up to you. So what the fuck is up with that? As my favorite historical, I would argue, biblical moment in Laguna, in the hills is homeboy wore combat boots to the beach. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what this is. That's fully, absolutely what this is. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Um... And like they're keeping the like fucking Betsy Johnson. The Betsy Johnson. I was gonna bring out the Betsy Johnson swimsuit that one girl is wearing, and Rose is like, "That's always a suit that I admired, but had never been able to afford." And all these girls are so hot or whatever. 
Um, Anyways, in a straight way. In a straight way, not homoerotic. Um, and then we get some drama. I say as I'm not looking at any of the men here. No, no men. Um, and they get this drama of the meeting and the whole like using of magic potentially of the royals and the Maroi. Um, for Should be noted, Rose defense. is about three drinks deep. Rose is fully point. a little sloshed right now. Not doing <laughs> great. Um, and then Christian and Mason are like, let's talk strategy. Let's talk business in terms of like what we can do to fight people. And then we also get like Mia in the mix of being like, because she's obviously not in the inner circle, right? Yeah. And so everyone knows or has seen at least Tasha training uh, Christian and Lissa with like magic in that sort of way of a defense and an offense kind of way. And Mia's just like j- fresh off of her mother, literally just dying in front of her of <laughs> being like, hey guys, what are you talking about? You guys talking about magic? Should we do magic? Yeah, what magic like, are you talking about? Hey, we should, what, what's, what's a magic? What's, what's going on with that? You guys, can I be part of this? Um, I'm cool with, with y'all. What's going on? Yeah. And um, <sighs> Mia is... Uh, it hurts. Um, and it's frustrating, right? Because, like, we have been notable um, dissenters yeah. of Mia throughout We've been this. shitting just, on Mia for a hot minute, for sure. Yeah. We'll take accountability on that. Um, just because she's not... She hasn't been interesting to the plot. And we we called this last chapter of being like, oh, right, of course, her mom died so that she could be like, I'm going to use magic and fucking mm-hmm. fuck shit up. Yeah. And that's definitely what starts to happen here. Um, The difficult thing is that Rose switches alcohol. Yeah. And then decides, hey, I want to get out of the pool. Yeah. (laughs) I want to get out of this hot spring. (laughs) I I think maybe four is too many because I don't know what the fuck is in here. But I... Yeah. And also, I think, too, of, like, the being drunk and getting out of a body of water is a very unique and specific experience, especially if you've never experienced it before. And her being like, oh, maybe that was too much. And does the most relatable thing of being like, instead of just, like, chilling and staying in the hot tub and not getting another drink, I'm just going to leave and hope nobody sees me. (laughs) And just go to a corner and just figure it out from there. Yeah. Except for that it's Rose. Right? And so the only natural way to solve that problem, because of the fact that she didn't decide to, like, sit on the edge and just right. fucking yeah. chill for a second and make sure that she doesn't crack her skull a bit, is instead to keep walking and walks into a literal NPC fight. A like a fist fight. Yeah, a full fist fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. This next bless chapter, her heart. Bless her heart. This next chapter starts literally with two dudes she doesn't know just fighting each other. Who also look sloshed. Who look very drunk. They look very sloshed and out of it. They're yelling like very incomprehensible things to each other, like just slurring shit at each other, you know. They got blood on their face, like people they look fucked up you know mm-hmm. but one of which is the royal who uh was very aggressive at tasha uh, about the whole maroi battle meeting situation um andrew and fucking he, andrew fucking andrew barely could even get a punch in on this other guy you know <laughs> and just it is a sad sight you know 
Yeah, he's not doing well. Not doing so hot, for sure. Um, what I love about this is I, if it had been people that Rose knew, mm. I feel like Ferrero Rocher would have definitely been the kind of person to do the, like, <laughs> the thing on TikTok that you see all the time, which is, like, Matt, Matt, listen to me. You don't have to do that. Like, please. <laughs> look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Come don't fight. Um, but instead, she doesn't know either of these people. And so she's like, it, of course, because it's Rose. She gets in the middle of these two. Absolutely. And is like, hey, assholes, I'm drunker than you are, but y'all need to stop. Yeah. You guys are embarrassing yourselves <laughs> and me by proximity. <laughs> I, I would love if this, if this had been in one of the movies, I like to imagine that she would have said all that and then it would have panned out into third person and there was just like incomprehensible syllables coming yeah. out of her. Because <laughs> yeah. she just feels so drunk to me. Uh, somehow she doesn't die. Yeah, here, which is Which great is good. To know, yeah. Because <laughs> um, she doesn't seem to have been very effective, but the fight does seem to end at some point. Right. So, you know, good start. So, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got Mason in the mix of being like, hey, all right. Oh, yeah, he does seem to end it, actually. He pops, he pops off and being like, all right, everyone, we're all good. Let's just stop this, you know? Yeah, he does seem to, like, actually stop the fight because Rose starts to, like, weeble wobble into right. a different room. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is where I did think she was going to die. Mm-hmm. Was when she found herself accidentally in one of the feeding rooms. Oh, God. So And she was, like, scary. She's like, oh, this looks scary, but also... A little kind erotic. Of erotic. Yeah, because, like... <laughs> And again, we keep harping in on this point, but I do think it's important to note that the way that she keeps referring to feeding as a process is erotic. We're not reading Full into it. Stop. It is not erotic. I mean, it's not, it's not us fully putting on meaning of this that doesn't exist, right? Because with Lissa, with even watching like the actual feeders at St. Vladimir's, like there are moments in there always where she's like, that does look pretty fucking sick and pretty horny. And it's not a gay thing. It's not a sexual thing, but it's like, no, it is. And you're allowed to feel that. But also her coming to this like space, it's a little scarier because it's just like a random room that has all these like people getting, you know, fed for vampires or whatever. It's a different, especially when you're drunk, it's a different thing. But yes. still coming from a same perspective and same point of view of being like, it does remind me very much of sex. And it's like I'm watching sex, you know, is how she phrases it. Yeah. It's like, girl, I think you just need to accept whatever's going on in you and your yeah, thoughts just be honest and your desires. It. And that's okay. Yep. And that's okay, Rose. The It also doesn't help that in the midst of just realizing some of this um adrian also appears again gang like gang. he's, he's the back one, <laughs> he's the one that invited them here has been gone the whole time yep. and then shows up after rose is arguably having a rough time yeah almost like, unconscious you know at this point yeah <laughs> and is like hey loser what's up <laughs> it's like sir where were you excuse me where have you been? You invited her specifically in the first place. Yeah. What's going on here? And all he can talk about with Rose is Lissa. 
just like this whole thing very weird very strange right because there's such this like weird duality with this guy where he's obviously like very into rose for whatever reasons and because he's nasty and because he's nasty, whatever but like he is very focused on lissa and her situation with rose and this like protectiveness over rose but also this like fascination with lissa but also him completely like constantly correcting himself of being like well i'm not into her like that because i'm into you like that kind of thing but yeah. the second that lissa walks in with Christian, he's still like very like in or he Lissa comes in first and has this moment with Rose, right? And with Chris and with Adrian. And Adrian has this like touch hand on face moment with Lissa and keeps calling her cousin. Yeah. But like At in first a it was like very like way. <laughs> Agreed. Like, it seems like, I think in a first read could be like, are they actually related? They're not, right? But, like, they're not. And he's just, like, like a like a friend kind of way, but also in a sexy way that I'm going to, like, touch you. And also your boyfriend's going to walk in, and he's going to walk in on this like this, and Rose is also right next to us. And who knows what's going to happen. But also I do love Rose more because she looks sexy in a bikini. You know, it's just, like, the weird vibes going around this, like, atmosphere is uh bad especially when there's like seven thousand love triangles happening right now why must we add another yeah there's so many fucking intersecting lines yeah um i was very confused by this interaction and i don't like being confused uh because i feel like famously (laughs) well i don't like being confused but i also feel like as a reader there's a difference between being confused in like a suspense way right. an intentional and also way. like yep. <laughs> yeah, in an intentional way. And in this, I felt like I was confused and it was just bad writing. <laughs> yes, um, fully. Because the cousin thing really fucking threw me for a loop. Because we find out now that that is sometimes what royals say to each other and we have never seen that. It's before. like, hey, how about maybe book one we do that? How about right. book one? Perhaps. But okay, add some more terminology, add some more lore. And then this idea of like, Adrian is really obsessed with the connection between Rose and Lissa of like, he already knows shit about their bond. Yeah, he picks and, it up. And Rose and Rose and Lissa are both like, what do you, who told you about that? He's like, you just got a vibe. I'm sorry, I'm good at picking up vibes. And the thing that I can't tell about Adrian is if he is supposed to be... Like, oh God, um, like Finnick of like, mm, he yeah. trades stuff for secrets. Mm. Cause if that's the case, then like that would explain a lot more of his like weird ass demeanor. But I don't think that's it because there's that part where he, where Adrian touches Lissa, like their fingers touch. Yeah. And it gives off very like RO vibes where like, yeah. he seems to like, absorb information about her mm-hmm. but we don't know that because like rose is getting is starting to understand the feeling but has never really felt it before 
Right. And it's like, even still, Ferrero. Like, it's, right. it's interesting, too, because, like, because she's so drunk, too, like, she mm-hmm. notes that, like, the bond is dimmer in her mind or whatever. Like, she doesn't She does make a note intensely. of that, yes. Um, but because after that touch or whatever, she does feel, like, the full extent of it in a way that she's never felt before, of, like, this big, sweeping, like, you know, joy feeling, whatever it is, right? that even through a drunken state that is diminished a bit by that, like can still feel the bond even more so than she usually does, which is like, uh, who the fuck is this guy? You know? Yes. Um, it was a very awkward situation there, especially when Christian does like when everyone does kind of show up and find them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I wasn't sure what to make, of what was going on. Yeah. And I don't... It felt like bad writing to me. Rather yeah. than, ooh, there's something going on with Adrian and we still don't know what it is. Right. It's it's too muddled for its own good. You know, like there, I think, are very clear paths you could make for their relationships with each other. But like this feel like it was... When you already have so many things going on that are interesting that people are connected to or like invested in in that sort of plot way, adding this, like, weird, muddled, like, what even is going on sort of thing is not even, like, a, like you said, like, some sort of deliberate confusion. It is just, like, actually confusing. Yeah. And not in a way that serves a reader or serves any sort of plot benefit, you know? Like, it just makes things very, like, what, you know? Yes. I feel like what is the appropriate (laughs) description for... (laughs) both both of these chapters because i don't i don't know what it serves for the plot right and i think that that has been the hardest thing reading these two is thus far a lot of the chapters have made sense with where this story is going right they fall very loosely or very like secretely into a plot formation that you can see, you know? Yeah. And as much as we were giving them shit for like, how are we not at the resort yet? I get why like stuff was happening, mm-hmm. which is helpful. These two chapters, I don't, I don't get it. Right. And it's not to say that it has to be like fully laid out for us in the way that we've seen in the last book no. too, right? Because that's again, easy and lazy at some points. Right. But like, this feels like such a departure in many different facets that feels very flummoxing to what can even be happening in the next few chapters. Especially when at the end of this chapter, there's that conversation with Rose and Mia mm-hmm. that we called immediately after Mia's mom died. Literally. Literally. And, <laughs> and I felt like from a reader's perspective, could I mean, I appreciate the fact that like it was put into the text, but I felt like could be inferred. Totally. And was totally. kind of even inferred in this last chapter, right? That like Mia was like, fuck you, Rose. Don't be nice to me. Don't talk down to me. Like I'm going to take revenge on Mr. Goy for my mom's death. Right. And it's like, D- Ferrero, we, we got it. Saw yeah. <laughs> it. We got this like 40 pages ago. We got it. So thank you though. <laughs> yeah. But I also am trying to remember that this was written for folks that were younger. Yeah. So. So maybe there's a little bit more grace, I suppose. But also, I feel like the way that Pharrell Rocher writes is like, that was that was the whole thing with Mia. Right. right? Totally. Is like, 
Mia has anger issues uh-huh. because of trauma. Right. And now has Mia- ulti- like more motive in that regard of actually going to one side or thinking some sort of way. Yeah. You know. And Mia is a flat character. Like Mia needs a, a thing or a person to like mm-hmm. direct her magic at. Right. And prior, that was Rose and Lissa. Yes. And now it's the Strigoi because of her mom's death. Right. Like, I feel like we it's a pretty it. easy... Like, we yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. whatever. These chapters were weird. The ending was of this was weird with Mason and Rose, too. And I... Yeah. I'm bored of him as well. It's just, like, very milk toast, like, Rose being a little horny and rejected by pretty much every other hot guy in her life and then her being like what if we kissed and also maybe did something more and then he's just like maybe when you're not drunk we can try this again and she's like all right <laughs> like that's kind of it rose you know? is just like so under stimulated and is like mm-hmm. you're around right you're here so <laughs> you're here and mason doing the absolute bare minimum of being like let's fool around when you're sober she's like fuck Never mind. <laughs> like, you're worthless to me. <laughs> you you can't do anything for me, so bye. Yeah. And he's like, bye, love you. And she's like, literally, go away. <laughs> literally, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you are. Um, but yeah, anyways, so I am I honestly don't know where this is going to go in chapters 15 and 16. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, but we're going to fucking find out, I guess. Hell yeah. We have some amazing patrons. To think. Would you like to start us off? Absolutely. Shout out to Katie Black. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you to Kylie Minty. Thank you to Alex Dornan. Ooh. Thank you to Carrie Goldberg. Ooh. Thank you to Mickey Meyer. Thank you to Rebecca Cullen. Thank you to Mulch Gray. Mulch! Thank you to Taylor uh, Brown uh, Town uh, Lautner, uh, certified braver than the Marines. Certified, <laughs> official. <laughs> Shout out to Danae Swan. Ooh, thank you to Jasmine Anastasia. Ooh, thank you to Cassandra Bomer. Ooh, ooh. Thank you to Megan Pattinson. Burp, burp, Thank you to Cassandra O'Shea. O'Shea. Thank you to Rachel Seeker. Thank you to Alexandra O'Zara. Ooh. Thank you to Aaron Weber. Ooh. Thank you to Clara Belikov. Ooh. Thank you to Katya Karp. Shout out Maddie Facinelli. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you to Genevieve Morgan. Uh. Thank you to Samara Rinaldi, our newest patron. Welcome Hello. to the fam. Welcome. You're here. Hello. Grab a fucking chocolate mousse drink with whipped cream on top. Join yeah. us in the hot springs. Absolutely. <laughs> and thank you to... Uh, it's been so long <laughs> since you said it. <laughs> oh my god. I just got so fucking excited. Thank you to... <laughs> thank you to my mom, Ooh. your mom, <laughs> our mom, Ooh. Kelly Beck. Yes. Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Ooh. 
Thank you to Laura Forty. Thank you to Abby Penn. Ooh. Thank you to Catherine Hathaway. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. And last but not least, thank you to Dan Seklos. Ooh. Hell yeah. So I'm really excited about the fanfiction that we have this week. Okay. Primarily because a new competitor <gasps> has entered into the ring. Coming for Taylor Brown's <laughs> crown. The Taylor uh, Brown crown. The Taylor Brown crown. Um, a new submission competitor has entered the ring. This oh, was shit. sent in by Kaylee. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Kaylee. This fan fiction was written by Ionia. Ooh. <laughs> um, and is titled Supermoon, or, this is their words, or Bella Tries on a Backbone. Okay. <laughs> um, and this was published in 2020, so it's just fresh over a year old. Sure, yeah. Here is the description. I loved Edward, desperately, completely. I wanted nothing more than to share eternity with him. But I couldn't take another rejection. Another validation of my worst fears. I wasn't good enough for Edward. He was just endlessly patient and trying to get away from me. Bella finally does it. She breaks up with Edward before that disastrous birthday party. Canon AU New Moon setting. Ooh. So this is from chapter one. Hell yeah. Edward took a few deep breaths to calm himself. This is a party, he reminded me. Try to be a good sport. I looked at his face without meeting his eyes, my expression blank. He frowned. Really, though, I knew what it was. What had made that delicate chord in me break. I loved Edward. Desperately. Completely. I wanted nothing more to share eternity with him, but I couldn't take another rejection. Another validation of my worst fears. I wasn't good enough for Edward, and he knew it. He was just endlessly patient and trying to get away from me. I also couldn't shake this gnawing, rising feeling in my throat that the second another accident occurred, another Bella Klutz moment went awry, that he would be gone. He would somehow find a way to twist it onto himself, summon his infamous self-loathing, and leave me for my own good. A feeling only heightened by his open admiration of Romeo's suicide. So I had to leave first. I quickly snatched my truck keys from his hand before he could see my hands tremble. I'm going home, Edward. His frown deepened. Bella, please. I apologize for all this. He waved a hand towards the house. They're only excited to celebrate another birthday. Celebrate you, you... No, Edward. I bit my lip, trying to hold back the sob in my voice. We're done. You can't change me. You don't want forever with me. I'm going home and... I moved quickly past him, head down. His eyes had grown impossibly wide with shock. Those stunning, dangerous eyes. End scene. Damn. Damn! Damn! Damn. I would say Bella does try on a backbone. Yeah. Personally? Personally, I think she does. Anyways, um, there seems to be quite a bit of that, so if it interests you, definitely... Take a look at it. It is called Supermoon or Bella Tries on a Backbone. Yes. Let's go. So, good job, Kaylee. You nailed the assignment. Hell yeah. Well, fam, take care of yourselves before we see you next week. That's my assignment for you. Yeah. And until next week, as we say here in the Pacific Northwest. Get bit. And get whipped cream Ooh. on your drinks. Okay. 
<laughs> be like Rose. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. You can follow us on Twitter at Into the Twilight or on TikTok at Into the Twilight Show. You can find me at Cody Corral on Twitter and Allie at Alexandria Does. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. We have merch, so much stuff. All those links are in the episode description. And make sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast hosting platform. It really helps the show. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.